When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Performance Anxiety. When I started thinking about this side project series over a year ago, one of my first ideas was to talk with musicians about how the band Rush's sound has changed over the years. When Neil Peart passed away, it seemed like an appropriate way to pay homage to him and the band. In this show, I'm joined by Amir Epstein of Zygote and Crash Karma, Josh Traeger of the Sam Roberts Band, and Spooky Rubin. After a bunch of laughs and a laptop crash, we got down to some Rush. Not only do we talk about our favorite and least favorite Rush tracks and albums, but there's some great Rush stories, too. Follow these guys on social media, follow us at Performance ANX, and now let's get down to the main monkey business. What's up? What's going on, everybody? All right. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you guys for joining me. This is kind of a this is something I've been wanting to do for a, a little while before Neil even before Neil passed mm-hmm. to uh, kind of discuss the different stages of Rush's sounds because it's changed in over forty years. Go figure. Oh yeah. So it, yeah, for sure. it's uh, and I thought just having you know three Canadian musicians would make it even better. So cool. I was uh, I was kind of shocked. You're you're actually not Canadian. I am not. Yeah. No, I live in Virginia, just about 75 miles west of D.C. Okay. Yeah. I I was like, how did this guy even find us? (laughs) (laughs) It's, you know, it's a weird, long-ish story. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And uh, a lot of it involves Jordan Zadarosny. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Bas- the epicenter of a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so basically what it is, what happened was, uh, when I first got onto social media, I started following bands that I liked and people within those bands, because some of the bands were defunct. And um, a lot of the guys in, in I'm Mother Earth were some, like, like Jag and, and uh, Edwin were some of those people. And... Uh, through following their careers after I Mother Earth, I found out about Amir. So I've kind of followed Amir to see what he was doing because I'd heard about <laughs> Crash Karma. So I was like, okay, yeah, this yeah. sounds like a great band. So I followed Amir, and he was kind enough to accept my uh, friend request and all, and then had this idea, threw it out to Amir, and he said, well, let me, let me get up with Josh. So, okay, cool. Straight out to Jordan. Awesome. Jordan's like, I can't do it. So Jordan, and actually, that's how Jordan suggested it. He's like, you got to get this guy Spooky Rubin on. I'm like, okay. Anybody named Spooky Amazing. Rubin, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> so cool. And uh, I remember Spooky. I remember seeing you at like Sweaty Betty's like ten years ago, and you were with Richie Curitan, I think. Oh, makes sense. 
And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it was a while. I, I didn't know you or anything. And I was uh, like, who's that guy in the corner? He <laughs> looks like a cool guy. He's like, that's spooky. that's spooky, Ruben. Ruben, is that a Jewish name? <laughs> um, well, it's actually so. Ruben is actually my brother's first name. Oh, so it's, it's kind of a long. It's basically my my A and R guy at the time when I signed to TVT. He was like, "Oh, you need a last name because there's DJ Spooky, there's Spooky UK, blah blah blah." So because oh. it was just it was just supposed to be Spooky, but then uh, oh, my A and R guy asked me, "Oh, what's your you know what does your brother do?" And I was, like, "Oh, Ruben, blah blah." blah. Oh, that's it. Spooky that's amazing. <laughs> that is so cool. I never knew that. Yeah, so, crazy. Right? And how come we don't see Amir's face? Because he just turned his he turned his camera off. Oh, what? Did I really? Yeah. That's not fair. Hold up, hold up. I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, it says camera's off. You're right. Yeah. Is that better? Not yet. I mean, I don't want your handsome face to distract me. I know. But good thing I have the, some notes and I have my iTunes with my Rush catalog in front of me in case I forget. Oh, good. Because terrible with song names. You can't see me or are you good? No, you're still out, man. We can't see you, but I, I guess we're good. It says it's on. And, and so, Josh, you're a, you're a musician, right, Josh? Yeah, I'm a drummer. Well, okay. I mean, you can call that a musician. Yeah. <laughs> Counts on this and podcast. You, and so you play with who? Sam Roberts Band. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. No, I know. I know Sam. I know. Um. I know Spencer. Um, oh, you know Dave Spencer. Dave Spencer, yeah, I know Dave oh, Spencer. Okay. And I know what was the bass player's name? I don't know if he's still with him. Um, yeah, we've had the same guy for a long time, James. What's exactly. his last name? James Hall. Oh, okay. No, I was thinking maybe. I think I knew the original bass player. Or, oh um, yeah. Well. Um, anyway. <laughs> Dave, do you know Dave Nugent? Probably know Dave Nugent. Maybe, is that it? Dave Nugent? Because he played bass for a while, and he he's from Pembroke, which is also where uh, Zadarozny's from. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so I think yeah. I, I was, yeah, I think I remember when uh, Sam first hung out, um, came out, I was, I hung out quite a bit with Dave, with Dave Nugent, you know, back in the day. Yeah, in Toronto, right? Yeah, yeah he, he used to live in Toronto. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, this is awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is, see, this is kind of what I like. I like getting... You know, people who don't really know each other on, so we can just kind of talk. Because otherwise, it gets a little predictable. Yeah, right, exactly. So, so know, but it makes me nervous. <laughs> I'm fucking nervous. That's well, this, I, so, I have, I have this. It says Amir's camera is still off. Yeah. It, I don't know what to do, boys. You want you want to hang you want to hang up and call me back? Because it says on. I mean, literally. I'm I'm good with just with just moving on. And okay. so this is the whole premise for this particular show is. Just discussing how the sound of Rush has changed, and you know maybe what's your experiences with Rush. I've got a you know I got a few general questions to ask you guys, but I also want to know things like you know what if we can define the different eras of Rush. What's your favorite era? Um, what's your least yeah. favorite era? You know, have you worked with any uh -huh. of the guys? Uh, what was your first experience with Rush? When did you hear them? How many times? You know, what was your first Rush concert? Do you guys do any Rush covers? And why don't more people <laughs> cover Rush? 
<laughs> Things like that. That that's too damn hard. And and it's uh yeah well it's it, it's a very casual conversation. And if it goes you know twenty minutes, that's great. If it goes an hour and a half, that's fine too. I, I okay. there's no time limit to this. All right. So thank you guys for joining me tonight to discuss the the changing sounds of Rush over their forty some odd year career. We're recording this a few weeks after Neil's passing and. Uh, his passing kind of spurred this idea on because it's something I've wanted to do for a long time, but it's mm-hmm. always been on the back burner. Like, oh yeah, you know, I find a few people who are interested in Rush, and we can musician <laughs> friends. And and uh, when, when he passed, I said, you know what? Now's a good time. I think now now if I can get three Canadian musicians, I would love to discuss mm-hmm. the sound, the changing sounds of Rush. So I have Josh Traeger. Uh, Canadian drummer. I've got Amir Epstein, Canadian bassist, and I've got Spooky Rubin, Canadian guitarist. So I am, I've got my rush right here. So thank you guys. <laughs> I so wonder much. what that would actually sound like. <laughs> Look at that. See, we're spurning side projects as it is spurning. Yeah, That's right. not spurning. We're creating side projects. That's cool. So all right, <laughs> let's let's start off with. You're the first Rush show you ever saw. Well, and I'll, I'll kind of go in the order you guys are on my screen. So, Josh, when was the first time so you the, saw Rush? The first time, my first show was uh, in 97. It was the Vapor Trails. Oh, no. Uh, Test for Echo tour. Yes. And um, I've been a big fan for mm, like about three years at that point. I mean, you know, when you're, I, I was still like in my teens, so three years seemed like an eternity. Yeah. So I like I was a Rush fan my entire life. And, uh, it kind of was. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I was just blown away. I, I arranged to go with a buddy of mine, and I got, I got a good, when I spoke to the, 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 uh, the, the ticket agent, they're like, well, we got one amazing seat on the floor, and we got one more seat like up in like the reds or whatever. Yeah. So I put my buddy in the reds, and I took the great seat. <laughs> I mean, it was a kind of a shitty move, but I, you know, I just wanted to have like the best experience. All these people around me were these like super like mega fans that had seen the band like countless times. I met a guy from England who had seen him like 150 times. Oh my God. And, and I, I mean, I, I, I didn't really realize, you know, I, I didn't really fully understand the, the extent of the fandom at that point. So, yeah, I mean, like now, now, all these years later, I've come to learn that that sort of thing is, is kind of par for the course with big rush bands. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and even to this day, I haven't come close to that. I've only seen them about six or seven times. That's so. I mean, I've seen yeah. them four. So you know, I'm on I'm on par with you. So there's a lot of other music I like. So I mean, geez, I'm not. I can't devote my life to just one. Oh, yeah, exactly. Band yeah. <laughs> Canadian or one not? Other thing about, about that show, I was so fired up. Um, they didn't play one, and this was back in the days before you could go to like setlist.fm or whatever it is, yeah. that, that website. But you didn't know what they were playing on the tour, except for uh, on this tour they were advertising they were doing 2112 in its entirety, so I was pumped about that. Oh, wow. But I was super, like this is like the height of my super nerdy like muso phase, so I was really into the Villa Strangiato. Yes. And that was like the one song on my list they didn't play. And I remember like 
being like a hyper, like, like kind of like Beavis and Butthead just running around the re- arena after the show, like freaking out that they didn't play it. Oh. <laughs> like, it's okay, son, calm down. <laughs> that's the story. All right, so Amir, what, what was the first Rush show you saw? Well, I'm uh, I'm embarrassed to say the first show I saw was the show that um, we were playing with them. <laughs> oh wow! I know. Oh, at Bayfest. Exactly. You were oh, there. Yeah. You were there. Um, when was that? 2010, 2011, maybe. Yeah, around then. I think 20, 2010. So we, so Crash Karma and Sam Roberts were playing with Weezer. If that's right, was it Weezer? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. And then, um, and so the the drummer in my band is Jeff Burrows from the Tea Party, and and you know Edwin from I Mother Earth. And so we're like, the next day was Rush, and there's nobody going on before them because it's, uh, you know, it's fucking Rush. It's an evening with Rush. And yeah, it's, it's Rush. You don't open for Rush. Right. <laughs> so, so we're like, okay, let's stay over the night. Let's hang out. Like, great. This is great. So we went backstage. Um, whereas, like, and the way Rush does it, which I didn't know at the time, but they have, like, a big backstage area because there's lots of people, industry, whatever. And then uh, we see Alex. And Edwin, who made a record with Alex called Victor. Yes. And Jeff Burroughs, who's also made records with Alex. Like, hey, what's up? He's like, hey, why don't you guys come backstage? And we're like, we are backstage. And he's like, no, 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 no. Like, back backstage. Come follow me. So they take he takes us to this little private area that there's no one there. And there's some portables. And I hear drumming. Like, crazy drumming. Oh, man. And I'm like, what, what the fuck? And uh, I kind of peek in and I see Neil Pierce practicing playing just going but not like messing around like fucking playing like he was playing a concert in there i don't know what oh, he was doing it was it was just unfucking real and i'm just standing there and and alex is he looks at me and he's like yeah when people hear this most of the time i lose them in the conversation i'm like i'm sorry man i got i gotta pay attention to what he's doing like what does he do so um, so I did that, and then I was I was lucky enough to go into Getty's private little you know trailer, and I was jamming on his bass. Oh, but I'll send, wow. you, I'll send you a picture of me messing around with his bass, which I'm sure he didn't know, and he probably wouldn't appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was there for all this. This is amazing. I, I remember all this so vividly. Oh, it was crazy, right? <laughs> and uh, and then we uh, and then I was you know we went up on side stage to watch Rush, and I was I was right. There, you know, Alex was coming over, saying hi, having a drink, and while he was playing, I'm like, "This is just not fair." That my first show, you know, and I'm standing side stage, and I'm like, "What the fuck am I? Like, I do not belong here." Uh, I, I, you know, just like messing around with the acoustic guitar that he's gonna play with later. Like, I'm like, "This is this is great." So that was my first Rush concert. Oh God, you know that's <laughs> Don't insane. Hate me. I do already because your first Rush concert, you go and and play Getty's bass. Yeah, and listen to Neil play privately in his. Were you there for that? I actually, I I remember meeting Alex with you with you guys, but yeah, not sure. But I think I remember hearing the drums. I didn't I didn't peek in and see him or anything. But I certainly do remember you grabbing Gaddy's bass and, you know, <laughs> you were just banging on it. Yeah. All right. I, 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 I do remember my, like, my one chance to meet Neil because I'd, I'd never met him. I was talking to Jeff Burroughs. Yeah. It was just before showtime, and it was the only time Neil showed his bass. He was 
basically jogging right. the stage. I was facing right. the road, and I completely missed that. Oh, my and, goodness. You know, and that's okay. <laughs> and, you know, I, I remember after, right when the show was over, they were kind of closing out, and they are putting on that the, the film that they put on at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. And I see and I see Neil come off the side stage, kind of walks by. He says, "Hey," I say, "Hi." He goes down. His motorcycle's waiting for him. He jumps on his motorcycle and he takes off before the show was even over. Oh my god! He was gone. <laughs> well, at least he got a hello. Oh so yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. I was. Yeah. I just I thought it was interesting that like Getty and Alex were still there. He had a, he's already on his motorcycle on the highway. They had created a path for him. He took off. Nobody even knew he was gone. God. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Yeah. All right. So really cool. Spooky, what about you? What was your first Rush show? Um, my r- first Rush show was probably 1987 or something. Ah. Um, wow. It was the, or 89 uh, or 88, I don't know, Hold Your Fire Tour. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah. And, it, um, amazing. Uh, and that was at uh, the Capitol Center um, in Maryland. Oh, cool! Um, yeah, because I grew up in um, in Northern Virginia. I grew up in Reston, Virginia. That's yeah. That's not too far from where I'm at right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. So, and I think, I mean, I don't. You know, I don't really remember much from the actual concert. I remember they had this weird, like, surround sound thing going on with certain sound effects flying around the the arena and i remember they had the three red balls on stage that oh wow appeared but otherwise i don't think i could tell you i, I don't really remember the set list or anything you know i mean they, i know well I, I know for sure they didn't play any of the really old stuff i'll i, I know that for sure because i would have remembered that so yeah. um is that what you were kind of hoping for it like were you more familiar? yeah i mean you know what it was i i don't i didn't i don't know i don't think i really knew what to expect it's probably one of my first like arena shows to be honest like i'd before, up until then i'd seen more i'd been just more like you know punk shows and metal smaller metal shows you know it's probably may have been my first arena show actually now that the more i think of it and i remember that uh, Michael Schenker Group was opening for them, oh, which, oh, is, wow. uh, which is uh, another weird. I don't know why I remember that. <laughs> anyway, um, so it's kind of amazing, actually. And then the last, yeah. and then the last time I saw Rush was probably ten years ago on the, was it the um, the Time Machine one? Time Machine, oh, yeah. Time Machine oh, tour, yeah. And that's the tour, and I, I mean, I remember that. I mean, I remember a lot of the music on that one because they played, um, they played Natural Science. I and, love that tune, man. And yes. it's got that, it's got that riff in it. Then, and, and it, I, I just saw, you know, that. And I just remember leaving the, leaving the concert, being singing that riff all the way home. Like, I was going crazy singing that riff. So, um, yeah, I mean, that was cool. That was that was amazing, you know. That's awesome. So that was about the f- close to my first Rush show. My first Rush show was actually my first concert ever, and it was on the Presto tour. Okay, okay. So, yeah, so uh, it, Mr. So like Big 90? opened up. Yeah, about uh, an eight, yeah, 90, I think it was. Because yeah. I, th- I couldn't drive, and I didn't even know I was going until the day of the concert. A buddy of mine comes up and he's like, hey, I've got an extra ticket to go see Rush. You want to go see him? Yeah, sure. So... 
but I had I had to call my parents because I was in New Jersey and this was the, the show was like an hour away in the Meadowlands. And uh, oh no, actually no, it's Brennan Burn Arena. It's in East. Is it was a giant stadium. And so uh, or something like. No, it, it was right next. To, ah, I got to remember this. This was uh, it was right next to Giant Stadium at the hockey arena, the the Brennan yeah, Burn I was, Arena. I was gonna say I was actually thinking about that today. If Russia had ever played stadiums or or only like strictly arenas, because yeah. they were fucking cool. Man. Yeah, th- this was in the. Uh, it was early on in the uh, history of the New Jersey Devils, and it was in the it, it was was called the Brennan Burn Arena at the time. And I remember calling my dad on a payphone saying, "Hey, can I go see Rush?" He's like. How much is it going to cost me? Nothing. I got I got a free ticket. <laughs> sure, go ahead. And I don't think he realized at the time because I'm like 16 that my friend's mom was going to drive us there and just drop us off and like, okay, I'll come and pick you up in a few hours. And so there's like three high school. Don't do drugs. Yeah, exactly. There's like three or four high school kids just wandering around East Rutherford for a while. And uh, I remember Mr. Big opened up. And, oh my god! Yeah, it was uh, the first album had come out, and I didn't even know who the hell they were at the time. And uh, a super group. Yeah, 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 I didn't even know at the time. Yeah, was like, the first album, the one with uh, "Be with You." No, I think that was their yeah. second album. The only song I remember off their first one was "Addicted to That Rush." And was that, just, that was Billy <laughs> Paul Gilbert. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah Paul Gilbert. Who was Billy, drumming for them? Uh. Was it a guy named Pat Torpy? Does that sound familiar? It mm-hmm. might be. He I had like a short hair on top and like long hair in the back. Wasn't it? Wasn't it um, Rod Morgenstern or something? Rod Morgenstein? No, uh, he he was the winger. <laughs> I, 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 oh right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, I went there. Anyway, I okay. didn't. I hadn't even uh, heard Mr. Big until the ride to the show. So they're like, hey, this, this band's open up. And they put the cassette in, in the mom's minivan cassette player. And we're jamming out on, on Mr. Big. And I'm like, yeah, okay, this is all right. But I want to see Rush. And, uh, <laughs> and so we're like an hour and a half away from where I live. And I'm running into like people from my high school all over the place. It was the weirdest thing. So and uh, the, so the, and the last concert I got to see was the... Just, uh, Tef- so. Just the guys. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Because that's... Yeah. 99% of the audience is always dudes. Yeah. So, all right. Um, have been, so, all right. So we know Amir's had encounters with Rush. Have you, any, have you other guys, have uh, Josh, you or Spooky worked with any of the guys in Rush? I mean, um, baseball games with, um, you know, where Getty Lee's around and I've been to like restaurants in Toronto here where Getty Lee's around and stuff, but I had the same experience with, with Amir. At that, right. at that show, you know, watching side stage, yep. in dressing rooms, and yep. Amir, I don't know if you if you ended up, if you went behind the drums it's, with Neil and I. Uh, sorry, with with Jeff. <laughs> and I, where Neil and I were just hanging out. White case, uh, about like ten feet behind the, the drums, and we were sitting on a flight case, but it was right next to the pyro. Yeah, the pyro blast went off. Yeah, for that. Yeah. Okay. Oh my god. That was uh, deafening. But exciting. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we, we pissed I mean, off a lot of people for being there, I think. They're like, "What the fuck are you guys doing?" We're like, <laughs> or like, "What do you mean what are we doing? It's worth it. Put some firecrackers yeah, in our cool, face. I don't cool. give a shit. We're yeah. standing behind the up here watching them fucking slaughter. Like this is not the kind of shit. Like this is the kind of stuff you tell your kids about. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, yeah, I'll burn an arm. That's okay. <laughs> or a random podcast. 
Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no, I've no, I've never worked with with them, at least not yet. Um, yeah, no. What about you, Spooky? Have ever ever had any um, dealings with them? Well, uh, no. But the closest was when I um, I shook Getty Lee's hand backstage at the <laughs> Much Music Video Awards. Oh wow! <laughs> so nice. That was. Yeah, that that's it. Oh. <laughs> but I do know I actually do know a couple of like pretty intimate stories about Rush because I know this guy who was worked as like their um he was like the personal their personal assistant for an entire tour. Okay. So this is gonna be a weird edit because um my computer crashed in the middle of our show here, so I don't even remember what the hell we were talking about. <laughs> um I think, um it, we, I think I was r- trying to wrap r- up yeah. Oh, Rush. Okay. Good. All right. So you guys like Rush? Mahogany Rush. <laughs> Mr. Big, addicted to that Rush. All right. Um, so let me ask you guys, in your bands, do you do, in any of your bands, throughout your professional musical career, have you ever done any Rush covers? Yeah. Yeah. Who goes first? Okay. Yeah, you guys have? Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, so Spooky, you tell me about your your Rush cover. Well, it's funny because I used to my my tradition actually for a while was I used to probably starting in about two thousand and six when I had started my LA band. It, we were all Rush fans, and we just we st- we would do we would pick a different Rush song as an intro to our set. Actually, oh wow, the first song that we'd play. So we did. Um, so we would just do like, you know, we did like the beginning of subdivisions or we did like, uh, we did big money. Um, and then I think one time we did like, uh, hemispheres, just like what we did this thing where, where we opened and closed our set with like this, you know, like whatever, 30 seconds of hemispheres kind of thing. So, oh, that is awesome. um, Yeah. So I, I mean, I probably have. Um, old videos. I think when we opened up for Flaming Lips in, um, when was that? Anyway, I've got some videos of some of that shit. Anyway. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Oh, that's rad, man. That is awesome. <laughs> now, you're, you're killing my whole Canadian vibe here with the, your Northern Virginia and L.A. stories. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Amir, what about yeah. you? You said you, you played some Rush covers. Yeah, so, well, before Crash Karma, I was in this uh, kind of progressive funk metal band called zygote it was like yes. a toronto toronto staple you know we did mm. we, like we had great crowds we'd do like two thousand people at the cool house independently and we uh we always used to play um i think i'm going bald no I, i'm kidding we never did that <laughs> um <laughs> Damn, that would have been an awesome one to do that was so bizarre no no you know we we'd always you know the a little bit of yyz obviously tom sawyer is kind of like the cliche but that was, you know, the riff songs that were the ones that we were kind of like, this is, you know, this is sick. Um, I think we once did a little bit of uh, Passage to Bangkok or, you know, just because, again, the riff is so fucking cool. So, yes. we, but we, you know, and as soon as it got like to the really weird, complicated part, we'd be like, yeah, thanks very much. All right, let's, let's play that one. <laughs> like one of those like pretend like we're, ha okay, we're going to do our own now. But really it's like. Yeah, we're not fucking playing that part. <laughs> like, <laughs> our drummer can't do that shit. Forget that. Let's move on. Yeah. So, you know, but I think most bands will play, you know, that you hear that, that do any rush, usually like leaning towards the some of their singles, you know, like 
uh, Tom Sawyer or like Limelight. Maybe, yeah, Limelight. Exactly. Like the, the Spirit of Radio, maybe even. You don't you don't get to hear a lot of like, you know, uh, you know, Free Will or fucking, you know, Analog Kid. You know, Jacob's like, Ladder. <laughs> nobody really does those, but. Um, yeah, yeah, that was a, for us. Anyway, we were just we did the best we could with the little parts that were easy. What about you? <laughs> what about you, Josh? You ever you ever do any attempt any kneel? I've pl- I've played it a bunch with, with people, but never in like since, in front of know, people. <laughs> but no, no, I, I have I have played it in front of people as a kid, but never like since becoming a you know an adult and a professional <laughs> yeah. and being in you know and actually making a living playing music. <laughs> right. <laughs> For better or for worse, it just never never came up, sadly. Um, but uh, even even when I was playing in Mahogany Rush, uh, was playing, I was actually in, in that band for a few years. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. No yeah. way. In two thousand one to two thousand five. Frank Marino. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Frank that's Marino. awesome, man. So it's and, cool. and his he probably has a lot of stories of the early days of Rush because they were all you know doing sh- uh, a lot of shows together and mm-hmm. nominated for Junos together and stuff. You know, sure. probably some bad bad blood there. And confusing um, a whole hell of a lot of people. It shows Mahogany Rush and Rush. Uh, even as as a kid in Montreal, I I, I didn't have um, Canadian uh, music television, and I wasn't really listening to rock radio, so I didn't I didn't really know much about Rush. I had heard about Mahogany Rush because they were from Montreal. Oh, but, okay, so and and then that that actually leads me to when I first played <laughs> rock. That uh, that was this one time at band camp. Basically, <laughs> I went to I went, I went to like a, mu- a music camp in '94. I was 13, and some of the big kids wanted to play Rush, and I was the uh, yeah exactly <laughs> my flute. So I took my flute and. I, Inserted. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I, I, got, I got to camp. I auditioned. You know, they put me in different like pl- placements and stuff. And then, like, the drum counselor recommended me to the older kids that wanted to play YYZ. And I didn't. I didn't know that from Adam. So I. I was super into GNR and Metallica at that point. Right. Oh. So, so the, the, this guy. This guy comes. In, you know, comes into my bunk at band camp. He's got. Puts on a puts on a tape. Plays, Brings plays his own flute. I'm blown away, and um, and then we 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 played it for uh in front of the the camp, and I I did that, I did YYZ in particular a few times with different bands when I was a kid, like in my teens and stuff. Wow, that's and, still I mean, impressive, was, man. You know, I, yeah, I mean we you know, we approximated it, you know the the teenage. Uh, you know, non-phenom version of uh, of YYZ. <laughs> All right. So, so since we're talking about, is it just the the difficulty of of Rush, or is it just the the sound is so unique? Why people don't do a whole lot of Rush covers? Uh, I think it's mainly because of the vocalist, actually. That was high vocals. Point. That's, That's why we point. chose YYZ. I think. Yeah. yeah. Or there's always one guy in the band that just can't fucking do it. You know. Yeah. Like that's that's just the way that like you you know you you're in a band with a drummer that can do it and you know your guitarist can do it but your bass player is like uh yeah I can play guns and roses from a bass player <laughs> right but like it's not it's not you know usually if you have a band where the drummer that can play fucking complicated rush songs and the bass player that can do it and the guitarist you're probably a pretty good band and doing your own thing at that point right. Uh-huh. 
so we've got I, I want to go into the diff, the different eras of Rush, but I have one more question about their just just, just their music and, and your guys' preferences a little bit. Do you have a song that you would think is the most underrated Rush song? A song that maybe you love that isn't mm-hmm. you know it, it's not Tom Sawyer, it's not Limelight, it but it's mm-hmm. a song that you actually love and. You throw it to somebody out there yeah. who's not a big Rush fan. They're like, "What song is that?" Yeah, I, I, I do for sure, and it's kind of more the ballady, softer ones because you know, like it's and and it's not really what Rush is known for. Certainly, right. you know, ask anyone on the street about a Rush; they're not going to tell you about like you know the Manhattan Project. Or, yeah. Or, uh, or uh, <laughs> yeah, I love Manhattan Project. Actually, yeah, that's, that's one of my faves. There. Yeah, me too, man. And 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 so is uh, nobody's hero. Maybe it's they're a bit cheesy or whatever, but I'm I'm a sappy guy and different in his sexuality. I went to his parties as a straight minority. I'd never seen the threat to my masculinity. He only introduced me to one. Man, no, nobody, especially when I learned what the lyrics to Nobody's Hero were about, it just yeah. like, it's, it just uh, resonated. It me, man. Like, it, it brings a tear to my eye every time I hear it. You know, it's like one of those songs, if I try to like play it or sing it, I just well up and I can't even get through it. Not that I really sing much or anything, but yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I were, if I were to, to try to do that, I wouldn't really be able to get through it. Yeah. Those two songs for sure for me. Okay. I had a project nobody's here. Amir, what about you? Um, I would go to the first one. I, I, I'm still, I still rock out to Working Man all the time. I, I mean, it's not that it's really unknown. I think it, it's known by people who know Rush, but it's definitely not known by people who don't know. Like, it's yeah. not one of the singles that you, you know, you hear, you go, oh, I know that song. But yeah. um, I, I, just, I just love, for me, there's something, so, it just stood out as, as like the Sabbath vibe to it. You know, um, at least that's how I connected to it. Like, it, it felt like a, they were influenced by Black Sabbath, you know, um, in some weird, like, you, you know what I mean? Because I was listening to a lot of Sabbath when I first found out like whoa this is kind of like a weird like something in there is sabbathy not obviously not the vocals or but something about the riffs that were simple riffs that were heavy and kind of you know just rocked out so that song yeah. has kind of been one of my go-tos i can hear that right. i mean i think i mean i think i mean well i just wanted to continue to what uh, amir was saying yeah. i feel like one of the things I kind of missed in the documentary, the Beyond the Lighted Stage, it's like all these people were talking about all these different things about Rush. And to me, the main point about Rush that was not brought up is that Rush is the most metal yeah. uh, prog rock band. Right. You see what I'm saying? In other words, like the way, like if you listen to, you know, Hemispheres or whatever, it's just a rock trio playing prog rock. All other prog rock bands had keyboards and, yeah. um, you know, or Yes was like very ethereal. Uh, Rush was the most sort of balls out, kind of really heavy, like bass lines where yeah. the guitar and yeah. bass are like playing together and they've got these super, you know, they're super tight and it was all, it was, it was a rock oriented prog. You know what I'm saying? You know what? That's and a good I point. Like, 
it's never it's it's a people people never mention it but i mean I know. I just thought I wanted to bring that up. Well, that's a great that's point. A, I mean, they, they yeah. kind of had to be. You look at the other prog rock bands, like like yes, they've, there's like seven guys in that band. I yeah. know, and it's and it's never like it's never like it's you know it's never super ballsy. You know what I mean? It's it's because yeah. because when you have that many instruments playing all the time, you can't really feel the you know the bass and the drums playing together like to to that degree. You know what I mean? That's a great point. Mm-hmm. So, do you have an uh, do you have an underrated? Overlooked song um, that, that you really like? An underrated song that, uh, man, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I, was, I mean, I like, uh, I don't know. It's, I, I was, I was trying, I've been trying to think about it. I don't know if I could, I mean, I love um, Analog Kid. I love when he goes, uh, you move me, you move me. It's something about what I like about Rush is that you can feel like when they like when Getty discovered the keyboards, it's like he does it in this very sort of innocent way, like as if he's like opened up a keyboard for the first time. And the way he sings when he sings and plays keyboard at the same time, it's like it's so innocent. And, you know, and, and it's like that's that's a talent to me. You know what I mean? It's 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 like you can feel them. What I like about Rush, I think, as you go through all their stages, whatever, you know, as their evolution, is that you can sort of, um, how should I say, you can almost like identify yourself being going in, being in their shoes, sort of discovering these different types of music. And I think yeah. that's, absolutely, yeah. and that's the appeal. That's, that's what I always liked about them. I was always like, what are they going to discover next? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Was, there are everything they've arrived at. Every sound they've arrived at ha- has happened organically and 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 like you say, innocently, right? Hundred percent. And uh, like, absolutely. Uh, like, I can relate. And so many musicians I grew up playing music with had. Uh, we, you know, we all kind of had that same sense of. Uh, uh, you know, of, of adventure and experimentation, and it just came from an honest, honest place of discovery. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. that's a hundred percent. Like that's uh-huh. the essence of Rush, hundred percent. Like, I, I, I find that, like for me, that a lot of the, um, the changes. Like you're referring to, you know, you're saying, Mark, how it's like, well, it goes from like, like riff based to progressive to commercial. I hear things differently. Like for me, like um, talking about the keys, like. You know, a farewell to Kings is like I think that was the first record where they really started playing with keys, and exactly like you said, it was so like background, like oh check out these chords I know, and like because <laughs> like I want to put keys on this record. He kind of figured out how to do it or whatever. I don't know if he ever. I don't. I don't know that he could be a, a classically trained pianist, or but but there is a sense of like innocence to it, and it was kind of you know a little bit more upfront and center than the, than the last records, like um, for, you know, and then like I would go okay, so from there. So okay, sorry. Let me re- let me rewind for a second. So yeah. the, the first record, the, you know, nineteen seventy four was. You know, they had these very like they're a lot simpler. They weren't aggressive. They didn't really. It was almost like they weren't fully confident in their ability to play, but they were really good at like at rocking the fuck out. And they were progressive metal, you know, like they were like this band, this trio, just powering through these songs. But it didn't get progressive as much like until later on. And then you start going, oh shit, like 
Getty starts getting comfortable into his bass playing, uh, like really like hard on hemispheres. Like you're like, holy shit. Like he starts going lead a lot, you know, and at the beginning, if you listen to it, it's a lot, you know, a lot more relaxed. And the drums were a lot simpler too, especially in the first record. Between that and, and Fly By Night, there was a huge difference. Between Fly By Night and Crest of Steel, there was a huge difference. And it just got more and more intense and more comfortable. And so they just fell into this pocket, you know, where there was like, there was a moment where they became Rush. I, I think in, I don't know if it was Hemispheres or Farewell to Kings, but one of those records where it's like, they found their sound. They know who they are now. This is it. And then, you know, they just like rocket ship from there. But the first couple of records, you were kind of like, okay, like the second record didn't really sound the same. You're like, well, this is a little bit different. So there was yeah. there was a growing thing, but it was also in terms of their how com- confident they were in their p- performance and their playing together, you know, and the gelling of the band. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. So, yeah, I also I also love the way um, I don't know. Speaking of the first three or four albums, like a big thing. There's there's all, the other thing is. I always love the way Getty's voice would change per album. Also. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. like even, even on like, cause I really love the way Getty's voice sounds on uh fly by night. There's, I don't know. It's, I think it's something about the way that they double tracked his vocals or something, but he's got this really mm-hmm. juicy voice. It's, yeah. it's, it's thick and <laughs> juicy and it's just, it's my it's two different. favorite adjectives. I, 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 on Caress of Steel, it's it's like it sounds more like his voice sounds dry and kind of thin, and I don't know. It's just I don't know. I, you can sit there and think about all this shit, but whatever. <laughs> like, you're right. <laughs> That's what this show's about, like, man. Like, did the, you guys? The bass you guys were you guys always a fan of his voice? No, I hated it. One? Oh, really? I hated no? it. I hate. There was a few artists whose voices I couldn't fucking stand the first time I heard. Rush was definitely one of them. Uh, um, there was a, Neil Young. I fucking hated Neil Young. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you really must hate Dallas Green, man. Well, look, I'm not saying that I still do. I, I'm a huge Neil Young fan now. Yeah. I obviously love Dallas, <laughs> but like at the beginning, when I, you know, I, I was a kid. I was fucking 12 years old, and I was used to listening to Corey Hart and Platinum Blonde. And then yeah. I find Metallica, and I'm like, oh, this guy's angry. And I'm like, okay, this is what I want all singers to sound like on all bands. And I hear yeah. Rush, like, who the fuck kicked him in the balls? Like, what's happening here? <laughs> I hated it. Um, and then, you know, my brain matured and I started going, oh, shit. Okay, this is, a, this, is, this is the only voice that works with this band. If it was any other voice, suddenly Rush would, you know, they just wouldn't be the same band. And you go, okay, mm. now, uh, now I understand so what, what, you know, the cure is. When you have a band together where – you wouldn't survive without the other. Like these guys, they, like they were a musical unit. It didn't matter. Neil went on and did his own thing, and, and you know you saw Alex do his own thing, and Getty. It just would never work with anyone else the way. Yeah, it was the yeah, total okay. yeah so I agree. And his voice is, is Rush. You know, you, you can't. Have yeah, it. I know. It's funny because like it never really the voice thing never occurred to me as being weird or like mm. difficult to listen to or anything. Man, that might also be because, like, as I mentioned, like learning about Rush at music camp and being kind of like a nerdy kid mm. trying to get good at drums and good at music. I, Rush kind of was like, "Well, you, you think you're good enough to play YYZ?" And here's a tape called Chronicles of like, you know, the, basically the best of this band, Rush. And 
So I would like I listened to that day day and night for like months, and I kind of like looked at Rush as my, my like my band, you know. This oh, is yeah. like kind of bridged the gap to like from, uh, from like Guns N' Roses and Metallica, which is what I was into at the time, into like you know the jazz and fusion and funk stuff that I got into afterwards. So like I kind of felt like Rush was my band. So there was no judging. Well, well, see, it wasn't like I, I heard Rush on the radio or I saw a video or something. And I was like, ah, that's, who the fuck is this singer? That's a weird thing. <laughs> right, but it if, was more like, if you're it a fan of Axel. feel good about myself kind of thing. So it's like, no, no, no. This is the, this is the singer. This is how he sounds. Okay, awesome. Right. But if you're also a fan of Axel at the time, then it, it's not a, as big of a leap to like Getty. It's true. I guess my sensibilities were sort of like, you know, trained and, yeah. and honed a little bit. <laughs> Handle that register. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I was a big fan of yeah. a bunch of hair metal crap at the time, and when the first when I first heard Rush, and so uh, I was kind of used to the the weird screaming and the higher pitch, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So right, I so, mean, I mean, I mean, like, and I, I on the first record, like, you know, they say it, and the, they mention it in the documentary, being like. They, you know, when a lot of people first heard Working Man on the on the radio, they they assumed it was New Zeppelin. Yeah, right? yeah. So then, why right. all the fuss about Getty's voice if everyone thought he was Robert Plant? It's just because <laughs> he's not as sexy. It's because he's got a big a big old schnoz. Is that why? <laughs> <laughs> <Not people. laughs> and he had that Fair cousin it hair going. Uh, yeah. Well, I think, but I think when people say. Because I mean that's a pretty common opinion from people yeah. to not like get not like Rush because of the vocals, mm. but it's usually they're talking about you know Spirit of the Radio and like that those songs not yeah. the early, not the earlier album you know but I right. mean I don't know I mean the first time I heard Rush was uh, it was Fly By Night and I thought I I just thought it's it. It sounded kind of like Zeppelin, but it was, I thought it just was way cooler right away. I just thought it was like way cooler than Zeppelin. Like oh, I'm wow. not, cause I know that that's a big thing too. People you say they're either, either you like Zeppelin or you like Rush. Like you can't like both or something. That was a big thing. <laughs> really? for, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but, but for me, I was like, always, Beatles the Stones I always like Rush more than Zeppelin. Always. Oh, wow. See, right they, from the beginning. They were parallel for Well, see, on my screen, if I go parallel, my my hands go wide. They were parallel for me. I I, I loved them both as yeah. soon as I heard them both. And, uh, you know, it, it's like, like, I mean, you were saying that you know, Getty's voice is the only thing that would work with Rush. It, yeah. it It's just a, everybody's playing is so unique and that extends to his voice. It's It's amazing. So the so the Russia sound has definitely progressed throughout the years. So I, I kind of tried to break it down a little bit into some different sounds, and I'm going to run through these different sounds. You guys tell me if if you agree with with the way I've broken this down, and we can get into a virtual fist fight if you want. I don't whatever. But <laughs> so I think the first the first two and a half albums are like their power trio era. They were just rocking it, they were playing just straight rock as much as they could they their biggest influences were sabbath and zeppelin and i think mm-hmm. halfway through caress of steel when they got into like the necromancer and all that that's when they really started discovering oh there's this prog stuff we like doing and that's when they kind of started their prog here halfway through through their third album 
So they go. So it goes half of Crest of Steel, twenty one twelve, Farewell to Kings, and Hemispheres for the Prague era. Then they kind of take a break. When they come back with permanent waves, all the extended jams, the the you know the, the songs that are an entire album side long are gone, and you have permanent waves, moving pictures, signals, and then Grace Under Pressure. Right. Then when I, I think when they came back with Power Windows, their sound softened up a lot. And to me, Power Windows is the one album I really don't like all that much. Uh, it's Power <laughs> Windows, Hold Your Fire, Presto, and then Roll the Bones may fit in there. But I remember, and and when we had our little power failure here, and, we, and I was still I was talking to you guys off air. Um, mm-hmm. I remember I was telling you about it. I was hearing an interview with Alex and saying that when they were recording counterparts and they started with uh, stick it out, he was, he had plugged into an amp and just turned the volume up and let it. And that's where all that feedback and stick it out comes from. <laughs> and he said, that's the first time he had done that in years at recording instead of plugging into the board. <clears throat> and so I kind of consider that and, and Maybe even roll the bones, some of that, but it's going back to their basics era where they were playing more straightforward stuff. Uh, counterparts, Test for Echo, Vapor Trails, and then yeah. uh, and Snakes and Arrows. And then I think their entire career kind of culminates, as fate would have it, in their last album, Clockwork Angels, because in that album, I, I don't know about you guys, but I hear bits of every single era that we just went through in that one album, unlike any other album that, that they've done. And I'm not even right. talking about their, you know, feedback covers EP. So, yeah. Do you, you know, what do you guys I, think about that? I, 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 first off, I, I, I find every album or you could say every album or you could say every era of, of Rush and their catalog has been, it's like a time capsule in a way. It's like the things that were happening, the sounds of you know in in music that was happening around them, kind of uh, informed a lot of the music they made. I, I yeah. mean, there's a few examples of of that. Uh, I mean, probably a, a bad one. I'll start with a bad example. <laughs> like, oh, I think I think has, Spooky just has echo, took a dump. Song, like uh, Net Girl and Net Boy. I can't. I don't remember what the title is, but there's like a theme on internet themed song yes um on on, the, on test record and then on like um on roll the bones on roll on the song roll the bones there's that like rap section yeah with the, right? the weird skeleton in the video yeah And, oh, and uh, you know, go 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 back to uh, moving uh, uh, permanent waves, and uh, and they've mentioned it in interviews themselves, like the, the new wave, uh, you know, the new wave music and and like kind of the reggae influence that was happening with new wave bands, like the you know police they they cite as as an influence, and bands like that. Uh, that was that's what was happening around them. So it's. It, you know, it, it's it, like I said, it's, it, it seems to have informed the music they, they've made. 
therefore, in my in my opinion, all those uh, albums are like a time capsule. Okay. So, like, do you want to hear what like 1980 sounds like? Then put Permanent Waves on. Right. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll go. I mean, like, from, a nerd, from a nerd perspective, yeah. <laughs> you know, still pro, we're still talking about prog rock here. Okay, well, it, but but it's also it's 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 their perspective of yeah. you know nineteen eighty you know yeah exactly. Sure. <laughs> All right, so what do you guys think about their last album, Clockwork Angels? Like I said, I I kind of hear a little bit of everything they've done in their past on that album. Do, do you guys, am, am I the only one hearing that? Or do you guys agree with you know, that? Disagree I, I, with I don't know the album very well. I know like one song off that album, unfortunately. Sadly. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I kind of, I have to, uh, I gotta be honest, I kind of started tuning out to Rush probably after Presto, I think is when I started tuning out. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, it's just, I mean, not tuning out, but I just, well, I guess tuning out, yeah. I tuning out. <laughs> I, yeah, that, I mean, I'm sorry, to sorry to honest, say that. No, that, it's normal. I mean, like, it, it happens. And, and like, for me, it was after Test for Echo. For me, it's, I, th- I think part of it, and maybe you'll agree, Spooky, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, during your, it's the music that you're hearing and that's kind of inspiring you during your formative years. Right. And then you kind of branch off into what to you know whatever your thing is going to be, you know, as you become an, an adult and stuff. So for me, it's like yeah, Test Record was like the last album they released for me while I was in my formative years, like as a, as a teen. And then there was like five, six years until the the next one. Yeah. Um, and at that point, I I was still like super into seeing them play live, but I wasn't like. Uh, um, I wasn't checking out the new the new music or anything. I mean, I, so, I mean, I also tuned. I also st- stopped listening to Metallica after Justice for All. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm sorry to disappoint everyone. No, no, I, that you know that's exactly the same time I stopped listening to Metallica too. So, yeah, so my, my whole band also. So, yeah, <laughs> everybody loves that Black and, Album, and I can't. I don't like it. Well, I'm young, I'm a bit younger than you guys, so I started listening to Metallica when the Black Album came out. Oh, but it's the latest, it's the most recent album that I can tolerate. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, here's a quick um, insight in, into how old I am. I saw Metallica with Cliff Burton live. Oh, and, like, wow. On the Aussie tour? In, in Denmark. When they were, when Master of Puppets just came out. Oh, my right. Lord. <laughs> wow. Jesus. So I, I was, was it the Aussie I was super into no. This is before this because they did Ozzy like two two years after Master of Puppets was out. Yeah, you know? this is I oh, saw I saw them I when Master of Puppets just just came, just came out. Oh wow! Oh, so this was like eighty. Wait, what? What do you think? Eighty six. Eighty six. Yes, I was. So I was like thirteen. He oh died that year too. He died like in the fall of that year. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Because I saw him twice actually. I saw him. You can't. Um, wow. I saw Metallica twice on that tour, and I saw Jason Newstead's one of his first shows. So, Spooky, what you and I are the same age. So, I saw, so I saw Metallica on a Master of Puppets tour before and after the big bus oh, accident because they, so they you kept saw touring. Newstead on the Puppets tour. Also. Yeah, I saw Newstead on the Puppets tour. Wow. That's wild. <laughs> Jeez. That's so wild. 
Yeah, I saw like Newstead's like second show or something. Oh wow! You know that when they uh, re-released all that stuff, they've got Cliff Burton's last show uh, out on that like the big box set of, of uh, Master Puppets, and then they've also got Newstead's very first show with with Metallica as like the, an audition type of show. Uh, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, wow. it's, it's all on those big like those like those two hundred dollar box sets that they released. It, right, all, all that crap's on. They're there. always doing that. They're always doing these big box sets. Yeah, it's like Iron Maiden. <laughs> Iron Maiden re-releases every album every like three or four years. I don't know what the hell's going on with that. I don't know. So, they figured they figured it out. They figured the merchandise. <laughs> so and so did Rush, man. Like every tour they ever did, they have a concert video. Like, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. Actually, oh, yeah. Luke, you you said you saw them on the Hold Your Fire tour yeah you know if that was the a show of hands because they they released a v like a video called show of hands yes in, like, england was it, oh was that, that was that oh. tour yeah was it was oh, okay crazy yeah you okay, know I don't, funny. I don't know that i saw rush for every album after that presto um hold on let me look at my list because i'm forgetting album titles at this point presto roll the bones counterparts and test for echo and i saw them and every i think it was like the the prior two or three live albums they released, they would always have a song from whatever, like the Meadowlands in New Jersey or something, it's like at the New York, New Jersey area shows. Right. When they finally mm-hmm. released the album, the uh, live album after um, Test for Echo, I went in to check. None of the shows I went to were on any of those albums. All right. So I was kind of pissed off. I'm like, oh, yeah, hey, they always release a song from their New York, New Jersey shows. Oh, awesome. Right. One, of the, one of the shows I was at will be at. I, I've actually listened to the song on that record. And then they stopped doing it. That's, that's one they didn't pick. I, I was kind of pissed off. But. <laughs> so do you guys have a Rush album that you don't like? All that from, let's, let's, let's not count the one after you stopped listening so much. But right. from, let's say from, from Rush to... Presto. Is there an album that you guys are like, uh, I don't particularly care for that one. Roll the Bones for me. Really? Yeah. Man. Yeah. Just as soon as that rap happened. Oh, no. <laughs> that, was pretty, oh, no. that was pretty cringy. That was, that was just, that was like, come on, man. Like, think about, I have a different kind of outlook on Rush because I grew up in the same neighborhood as them. So there's like this kind of like this local neighborhood, like, they they literally lived on like the street next to the s- schools that we went to. Like oh wow, so, like yeah. So like Rush was oh. like our. They weren't just like the, the region of our area. They're our street. Like Newtonbrook is a you know pre before high school. That's where you go. And before that, public school is Rockford. I went to those schools. I went to Rockford. So wow, you know. So there's kind of like a culture there. There's a lot of Russian immigrants. A lot of Russian Jewish immigrants that live there. So, and you know, Russian Jewish immigrants aren't cool. Um, I love them. I'm one. I'm one. Hey, <laughs> but, one but like, you shouldn't be fucking rapping, and there shouldn't be rap in your music. Like, but that's but no, see, that's that's also the spirit of Rush, right? Dry shit, and that's and that's and that, they're doing it innocently. You love it about it. They're doing it innocently. I love that. I love that aspect, but sometimes it's a swing and a miss. That's and true. Of course. And that could be one of the underrated songs that I liked was Taishan. You 
And I know even even the guys in Rush hate that song. But I love that song. <laughs> that's on Roll the Bones? No, that no, that's, that's on a, uh, Hold Your Fire. Yeah, when China sang to me, that's the lyric. Yeah. Yeah, I was... um Yeah, you know what? I you know what's weird is like I feel like sometimes I can't really listen to Rush like all the time, you know. It's like I don't know. I mean <laughs> What? <laughs> you monster. No, Where do you that. live, Spooky? I'm, I'm fucking coming for you. No, you I'm muting right. his channel right now. Right, so yeah. I think in the past five, like, you know, because I'm such a, a diehard Rush fan, I would have never thought, like, maybe five years ago, I started actually kind of listening to Rush and saying stuff like, oh, I don't, I hate this song. Or, and I would, I would have never yeah. imagined myself saying that ever. Yeah. <laughs> but like, for example, I remember when I saw when I saw Rush at the what is it the Canadian uh, Molson Amphitheater when they did the what was the tour I saw um, the uh, cl- uh, time, time machine, machine tour yeah um, they played Witch Hunt on that tour right okay yeah mm-hmm. and it was and it was and that's when I realized that oh yeah I don't really like this song. That was the first time that I even considered not liking a rush song. Wow. I'm dude, I'm, it, I'm just I'm really glad that wasn't my uh my pick for underrated songs. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think and there's also musically there's this other thing that I notice about Rush that they do a lot and once after you notice it and you think about it too much, it's like it, it's a recurring thing that they do where they they do a lot of this thing where they go Bum, 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 bum. Have you noticed that? <laughs> I haven't, but I probably will that. now. They do that, and uh-huh. they start a lot of the songs with... Dun, 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 dun. Anyway. Holy shit, you're right. What song is that? <laughs> they do that in like many, it's like um, a recurring, it's a recurring theme. And men, oh, they start a lot of songs like that. And once you notice that, you're like, oh man, why do they do that every time? Oh, anyway. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, well. Is that not just in Witch Hunt? Is that that's it's, it's in Witch Hunt, but that's also, um, oh. No, but they always do like that, whatever. It's a, you know, it's a major, uh, whatever. It's a, a, t- a whole tone. Step yeah, but I'm gonna find yeah. the one I'm thinking of here. I forgot to. Uh, <laughs> I gotta pull so, up my windows since my computer. You know, okay, you know why I don't? I'll tell you why I don't. Why I think Witch Hunt could be is not my favorite is because I feel like the lyrics are really creepy and. <laughs> I think it should be. It should be that song should be way more horror. Like it should be may- way more scarier. It's not a scary. The music is not scary. Pictures, I would put moving pictures on and fall asleep and witch hunt would wake me up and it happened multiple times and it would freak the living shit out of me. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> Maybe it's not. Yeah, because scary, no, because it starts out. It starts out really creepy with that weird glockenspiel in there and yeah. like there's some girl crying or I don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, there's some weird screaming. Um, well, it's a witch hunt. Yeah, and but then the music is just is not is not because they they can do Rush can do creepy and scary chord chords you know they could do that but 
for some reason in Witch Hunt, I felt like. Anyway, that's my opinion. No, you, you, the, that progression you're talking about, as soon as you said it, the first thing that came into my mind was off a song off of Snakes and Arrows, The Larger Bowl. I couldn't remember the name of it until. Yeah, see, up. and it goes. Uh, uh, da, da. <laughs> yes. Oh man. I'm telling you, man. Yeah, once you once you hear that, then you hear it in oh. every song, man. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, spooky. And I'm sorry. There's all, like in terms of scary material, there's also um, I think Caress of Steel is it, where where is it Neil's voice. And it's like um, really, it's like slow. Oh, yeah, the necromancer. Yeah, that's creepy. Yeah, the necromancer. As gray traces of dawn tinge the eastern sky, the three travelers, men of Willowdale, emerge from the forest shadow. Fording the river dawn, they turn south, journeying into the dark and forbidding lands of the necromancer. Even now, the intensity of his dread power. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, I have to say, that's probably, I mean, I thought about it a lot, but I feel like Caress of Steel might be my favorite album, you know, I gotta say. Oh, yeah, it's okay. either, it's oh. either Caress, it's either Caress of Steel or, um, uh, or, uh, you know, uh, La Via Strangiata, what, what, what's Hemisphere. Album, what album? No. And, and, yeah. yeah, so either Hemispheres or Caress of Steel would be my favorite album pick. The oh. Necromancer has in the middle of there has the coolest fucking riff on that whole record. Um, like that that record was. You were saying, Mark. You know they went progressive, Crest of Steel. I kind of I thought I thought they kind of went a little more. Pro, in my opinion, they went progressive. By the middle of Fly By Night, it started getting like <laughs> yeah yeah no, yeah. The drums ends, were no, louder no. in the mix. Bass was louder in the mix. You know yeah, all the okay. bass lines. Yeah, no, the end of Fly By Night has a, has some prog. It's it's definitely yeah. shows like how they're gonna go prog. But I think, yeah. um, I mean, I think what I like, but what's cool, what I think is really special about Caress of Steel is that it's prog, but it also has this weird kind of like folky kind of atmosphere. Like it's got yeah. this like, you know, like hippie. It's got, it sounds like hippie music. We have yeah, this like is Lake, is, Lake, is Lakeside Park on on that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There, yeah, and exactly. And then even like Fountain of Lamneth, like a lot of those like kind of jang. It's got this like jangly kind of acoustic guitar shit in there, and they only do that on Caress of Steel. They never, they don't do the sort of jangly kind of acoustic shit on right. any of their other albums. <laughs> that's yeah. Funny. And uh, all right, so I mean, that's, that's why I like that's why I like Caress of Steel actually, because it's it's kind of like, uh, it's got this. It's like this very transitional album, you know. I can well, yeah. Okay, so I, I see what you're saying. I'm here. I'm looking up the track listing for Fly By Night, and side one ends with Bitor and the Snow Dog, which exactly. is insane. Exactly. Right. And then on that same album, they have Rivendell. Oh my God! Yeah, I love Rivendell. Yeah. Oh. Is, <laughs> yes. Okay. So yeah. So maybe it even started earlier than than I had considered. So second record. Second record. They started, yeah. They started finding that sound. Is, so I mean, is there an album that you don't particularly like to listen to? That you like? Uh, you're well, disappointed in? I'll, I'll be honest, and, and this kind of goes further to what Josh was saying. Like for me, you know, as a kid, I think probably affects everyone. If you listen to music as a kid, music was like a it was, it was like a religious experience for me. It wasn't just like, oh, I heard this record. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It was like I got into a fist fight with a kid named Junior because he made fun of Metallica. And I was like, fuck you. You know, what do you listen to? You fucking listen to CNC Music Factory, you fucking loser. That's the worst. 
And that was before the Black Album came out, those motherfuckers. So, so, you know, it was a very, it was, it was a lot, it hit a lot closer to home. And, and the other thing is when you're a kid, when you experience that music, it's so like, I, I, I cried listening to certain songs, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you would cry, you'd lie there and read every note. I'm like, Oh my God, Metallica, thank God, the Osborne, the fucking friends. That's so cool. You know, like <laughs> there's this excitement. There's an excitement that happens. And when you get older, it's all gone. And maybe yeah. you'll, you'll find something new. You're like, Oh, this is really cool. Like, you know, when I, when I found Incubus for the first time, I was like, Oh, they're fucking really dope. Like I really like this band, Yeah, but I did, or system of a down or whatever. It ne- but it never felt like Pearl Jam 10, Metallica, Ride Lightning, Master of Justice. It never felt like, uh, you know, those first, those, those records that you, what I, that I discovered as a kid. So Rush, the first few records were the ones that I kind of started listening to when I was 16. I'm like, holy fuck, you know, Raging Against the Machine and mm-hmm. Alice But you listen to the, you know, and when, when I, I got older, obviously, and they kept putting up music and then Roll the Bones happened. And I was like, oh, no. Uh, and I kind of, and I just kind of stopped after that. I just kind of, you know, I'm, I'm fickle. You know, I want to listen. Yeah. I, I, I don't even. I can't pick. I can't fucking name you one song on any record after Roll the Bones. Oh wow! And I can't name you one song on any record after Vitalogy by Pearl. Dude, Jam. you should you should Yo, check yeah. out a song called Nobody's Hero on Counterpart. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 animate. You know, I, I like that song. Actually. I I really do like that song. I know that yeah. song because okay, so I know that song because that was a they. On much music, I would catch some of their videos from the newer albums, you know, and they had a cool music video for that one. I'm pretty sure. Okay, so I've got a question oh, for you I guys. I got a question for you guys. Now, are any of you familiar with the Vapor Trails album? I saw the tour. I saw, I saw the the concert, but I I I don't think I could tell you one song. Okay, well, the question I have really doesn't pertain to the the songs singularly, but they released the album, and then I would what. Five, eight years later, they remixed and remastered it in a completely different package and re-released it as a totally different mix and just called it Vapor Trails Remixed. Uh-huh. That, to me, sounds like they were just incredibly disappointed in the way the original Vapor Trails sound. I've never known... Well, do, you, do you think it sounds better? You know what? It's funny. There were There's two tracks I absolutely loved on the original Vapor Trails album... And I don't like the way they were remixed, but I like all the other songs on the remix album better. So there's a um, Peaceable Kingdom and uh, what the hell is the, the uh, other song? It's it's like part, you know how they had that fear thing going, like part one of fear? Oh, part, yeah. This was the they last started one. That on, they started that on like Grace Under Pressure, I think. Uh, oh, moving Pictures, Moving Pictures. I think Witch Hunt okay. was part oh, right, four. Right. Of, yeah, yeah, that's right. Witch Hunt was like part four of four, and they went backwards. They went four, three, two, and one, and that, that song, um, I'm going to... Freeze? Was it Freeze? Freeze, yes. And that was like part one of four. Those two songs. Right. Yeah, those are my two favorite. That was part four. I think they went backwards. I think it went. 
Oh, right. So it was the first one. That's right. Yeah. It was the first one because it was part four. Yeah, because it was like, like uh, Witch Hunt was part four of four, and then there was... Uh, four of fear. Yeah, part, part four. Yeah. 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 Four of fear. And then they went backwards to part three of fear, part two of fear, part one of fear. And uh, it was just really weird. But that was one of the tracks that I, I liked better on the original release. But I've never known a band to go and... <laughs> So soon, just remix an album like that, and just saying, "We, uh, you know, we just weren't happy with that. We're gonna redo it and re-release it as, as a whole new album." Was it like I, I remember? I seem to recall at least when that album came out that they were also like they they their sound had changed dramatically from Tesparaco because uh, that, that was the Paper Trails was the first album back. Yeah, and yeah, because there was quite a gap between Tesfereco and Vapor Trails. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because oh, because I remember Neil's daughter and and wife had passed. Right. Wife, yeah, yeah. Well, and that was part of the gap. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I, I remember when they came back with that album that it, 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 there was like um, the sound changed. She was like Alex was using like this dual rectif- rectifier Mesa boogies and it was like a much heavier sound yeah and I think like for me I wasn't I wasn't really I never really checked it out I wasn't really into it because I just it felt like you know and this is kind of <laughs> where like my career and my band is kind of going like like a bunch of old guys trying <laughs> to like grasp it like they're <laughs> Pulled up for dear life, you know, yeah. like of their of their youth. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. Or appeal to appeal to a young a younger audience, uh-huh. or whatever. Instead of just being who they were, but that's part of who they were. They were always changed, you know, and, and uh, you know, be be informed by the music around them. But I think, but I think I I would say, I think that's kind of what for me was a bit of a turnoff, to be honest. When with the their later materials when Alex started doing a lot more of the sort of doubling of thickening guitars and all this stuff, because up until, you know, to me, you know, such an important part of the rush sound that I like is that you can, that Alex had this like very specific guitar part that he would play from, that it would like, you know, you could hear there was just one guitar part from beginning to end. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then when he started getting into this kind of like, heavier thing and it sounded more like they were trying to you know he was trying to make it sound like four you know three guys playing like this heavy riff and then yeah with overdubs and all that stuff that wasn't really that's not the rush sound to me you know so i think that's kind of what kind of pushed me away a little bit you know okay. to be honest okay and what do you guys think of the uh, the solo stuff that they did uh victor uh getty lee's stuff and then i think the only thing neil really did was I think he he appeared on a Buddy Rich tribute. I don't think he actually ever did too much outside of Rush. Yeah, he 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 actually produced a uh, a tribute to Buddy Rich where he brought in some of the you know the most renowned drummers yeah. in the world and uh, they all played a selection from Buddy's catalog. Yeah, and for me and for, and many 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 other young drummers at the time that was like. Uh, a real gift he 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 gave us because I mean if he wanted to do something solo he could have done anything and we would have ate it up, but instead he paid tribute to one of the greats and that really you know opened the doors 
for a lot of young young players, um, you know, who otherwise maybe wouldn't have checked out a lot of the, these musicians and even that style of, of music. So I, I I was super into it. Like you know, me, like right. band, that was the band camp days for me. So, yeah, totally my little and um, yeah, and so I mean that was that was another thing about about Neil that you know he was always striving to to uh, learn be the be the best he can he could be and learn the most he could learn yeah. and and just study and um, mm. I mean that's a, a beautiful thing and a beautiful lesson to bestow upon uh, all of us fans all of us. Mere, mere mortals, you know. <laughs> so, Spooky, did you get into any of the solo stuff? The, the, the um, two things that came out? Well, no, oh, yeah, so I listened, I do, I remember listening to um, uh, My Favorite Headache by Geddy Lee. Yes. And I liked it. I mean, I thought it sounded, it kind of sounded just, it sounded like Rush. I mean, it didn't sound... Yeah, like he was really. I mean, maybe there's one. I, I I think there's one song on there where I thought, oh, okay, this is maybe something that is outside of Rush, you know. But I can't remember the title now. But yeah, I don't remember the track listings on that. And uh, Amir, I know you, like, your band um, members were on Victor album. Yeah, yeah, Edwin. I mean, you know, growing up, I Mother Earth was an important band to me because uh, they were me like too. one of the one of the most progressive Canadian rock bands out mm-hmm. there. Everybody else was, you know, doing whatever they were doing. And I'm Mother Earth came out. You're like, holy shit. Oh, dude, one of my favorite albums of all time is Quicksilver Meat Dream. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of all, like, any, from anybody ever. I love that ever. album. See, for me, it was uh, uh, um, Scenery of Fish. And uh, and, the, and the first record was like. Yeah. Okay. So so when Edwin did the thing with Victor, I didn't know him yet. So I didn't like it. Um <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love this voice because fuck, I still love his voice. I listen, to, I still listen to my mother. You know, like I, I, I hang out with them and I still listen to them. It's kind of a weird thing that happens when you get to know the band and work with them. Um, so the Victor thing was pretty cool. And you know, it's funny. I just fucking remembered that our second record. This is so weird that it didn't even come up in my head when we were talking about working like with Rush. But um, our second record, um, Crash Karma's second record, was co-produced. He did for the half the record was Terry Brown. Oh really? Mm. Yeah, I didn't yeah. realize so he, that. Yeah, and he, you know, he did everything up to, uh, I think, up to signals, maybe. Uh, yeah, and it was at least to that. It may, yeah, like, he did like yeah. six, seven years. So, you know, <laughs> it wasn't working out because it was too much of like. And then, what would you do with them that day? And then, how'd you guys do this? And it was like we weren't working, so you know we had to move on. But yeah. he, did, <laughs> he did, he did co-produce half the record, and then we're like, okay, we got to finish this record without him because. We're wasting a lot of fucking time. <laughs> well, um, and I, I know Getty did play on uh, the uh, third I'm Mother Earth album on Good for Sule. Oh, what? Really? What? Yeah. Which record? Uh, Blue, Green, Orange. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. what Brian. I, Brian was on Yeah, Brian, that's Brian's first album. Yeah, he's, he's a sweetheart. I love him, too. Yeah. He's great. I, didn't, I, I love both of the singers. I, I couldn't yeah. really choose one over the other but but um so that's uh, that's pretty much everything i wanted to know from you guys um oh good i'm really glad we all got together and and we were able to discuss one of my favorite bands of all time and sounds like you know your your favorite bands of all time um i'm gonna 
I want to go around and, and see if you guys have anything going on and anything you want to talk about and promote or anything um, before we, we sign off. Josh, you got anything going on in the near future? Well, we're recording with Sam Robertsman. We're, we're recording a new album right now. Um, so, I mean, I'll probably be out hopefully by the fall. Awesome. It's been like uh, going on. We've been trying to record new music for a few years now. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's always a challenge. You know, people get older, have families and kids yeah. and everything. Um, and I'm actually working on a children's book with, with Sam. It's a music themed children's book. Oh, um, cool. awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I, I mean, yeah. So that's kind of interesting. And, I'm sure there's other stuff that I'm just forgetting right now, but well, um, we'll just have to have you have you back on, and we can talk so about absolutely, that. Absolutely, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Awesome, Amir. Uh, I'd love to come back. Awesome. Well, I'd definitely love to have you on, Amir. What do you, what do you got going on? Um, so, Crash Trauma didn't ever break up. They just um, reformed with their original bands, uh, which I take full <laughs> fucking credit for, by the way. I'm on Earth. You're welcome. The Tea Party. You're fucking welcome. Yeah. And, <laughs> And who, by the way, I love, I love those guys. You know, we, we, we just went out for dinner like a few months back. The four of us got together because Burroughs was in town. Like, Oh, fuck it, let's do Chinese food. So the four of us got together and crying, <laughs> laughing, fucking the whole thing. So there's, it just, you know, they, did you go to that spot on Spadina? Yep. Yeah. Roll sand, buddy. Roll sand, <laughs> roll, roll sand buddy. You, nice. you remember? I know roll sand. Yeah, dude. Amazing. Change, change my I life. know roll sand. So we, uh, <laughs> So, you know, here that doesn't. Jeff is going on tour this summer. They're doing their thing. Uh, Mother Earth is touring all over the place. Everyone's doing their thing. I kind of focus more on management. Now, I got three kids and my wife and the house and mortgages and shit. So to be in a band, it's a little tough. So I started a management company. Um, I have an artist that's fucking brilliant named Evan Conrad. Conrad with a K. I signed him to Republic Records, Lava, Lava um, Records, which is Jason Flom. He signed, you know, fucking Stone Temple Pilots and... Oh, yeah. More recently, more recently, Greta Van Fleet, um, uh, Lord. Anyways, all, so he's he's uh, he signed my artist, and he in this first year, I got him on. You know, we got him on Lollapalooza and Sonic Temple and Rock on the Range and Epicenter and all these massive festivals, and he's working on his next record, and that's kind of what my focus is right now. Yeah, that's cool. you're a real mover and shaker in there. I didn't know. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm a sleeper and eater, but yeah, mover and shaker works too. <laughs> uh, I, I'm also getting ma- I'm also getting married, so that's something. Oh, oh hey, congratulations! Kind of a big deal, bro. bro. <laughs> <laughs> I better not yeah. send this link to your fucking fiance. Yeah. Is he happening? Nope. What's that? <laughs> nothing at all. <laughs> I don't got nothing going on. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Oh, John. <laughs> right, spooky. What do you got going on before we get Josh in any more trouble? Um, <laughs> well, I'm, well, I'm doing this thing right now where I'm putting out a new song every Friday. I have a new song coming out. I mean, nice. some of the songs are old, so it's like a mixture of old songs and new songs. So for my back catalog, oh and, cool. And then I do like a a thing. I'm I'm st- I do a thing where every Friday I come out with a video where I sort of talk about the song that's coming out. Yeah, I've seen so, a few of those. Yeah. <laughs> And I've seen and some then, Evan Conrad cool. videos too. What's that? And I've, I've I've seen some of your videos. I've seen some of Evan's videos. Oh. And so uh, I awesome. got to catch up. Well, okay. it doesn't sound like there's a whole lot to catch up with with Sam right now. So. And can I just wait? Can I just say that? Um, first of all, 
obviously thanks for having me on this and like especially with these two guys who i mean josh is and sam roberts sam roberts is just fucking phenomenal commercial success and amazing and, and spooky i saw you play when i was a fucking kid no way not to make you feel old yeah dude you're a fuck- spooky whether you know this or not mark is a fucking toronto legend like everybody knows spooky oh uh, yeah that jordan's been uh, telling me i gotta and, have him on and so. the thing about him also is you know, there's a lot of respect. A lot of musicians have a lot of respect for you, Spooky. Like you are one of those guys that, like, your your name will live on forever, bro. And and you oh, you've always been a, always fucking interesting and and cool. And 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 I wish I got to know you when I was touring, like I did with Josh, and, and we, you know, doing stupid shit together. But it was it's fun being here with both of you guys. So thanks, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank uh, thank you. I mean, that's that's uh, uh, that's awesome. But, I mean, I'm flattered, you know. And I'm 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 flattered to be on the show. Let's face it, you know, oh, all you guys. Yeah, well, I'm really glad I could get all three of you guys on the show. This has been a blast. We'll have to do it again yeah. together individually. Yeah, for, sure. for sure, we'll definitely throw out some more ideas. We could do another show. Uh, thank Metallica. You. We can yeah, Metallica. Oh, yeah. We could oh, do that. Metallica. But but like uh, fill it all to up. Yeah, yeah. Awesome black, awesome black <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. All right, that sounds good. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.